Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is a very special one. Uh, her name is Isabel Galera, the partner at Canary. Isabel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for the invitation and for having me in this chat. Exciting. Yeah, uh, as, as we were talking before uh, our recording, uh, I've been listening to uh, to you for several hours of your Canary Cast uh, podcast. I strongly recommend your your podcast for the ones who want to know more about the, the Brazilian and Latin um, ecosystem. It is in Portugal, in Portuguese, so you would need to to speak. Uh, Portuguese, but uh, yeah, definitely recommend and having a lot of fun uh, learning more about you and your portfolio and, and some of the lessons learned. And today, that's a, that's a great privilege to have you here. And for the ones who didn't have the chance yet to, to meet you, who is Isabel? Yeah, no, thank you so much for the, 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 the Canary Cast, uh, Jabá, how we say in Portuguese, uh, and uh, for <laughs> hearing also. Uh, it's a pleasure being mm -hmm. here. Well, um, uh, I'm Brazilian, Mike. Um, I studied industrial engineering. Uh, I started my career in banking and quickly moved uh, to the operating side. I spent a few years in com consumer goods, uh, working mostly in finance. But the first professional awakening that I had was actually working at a startup uh, in Brazil uh, that I had joined very, very early on. It was a great experience mm -hmm. back in 2014, 15. Uh, when the startup ecosystem in Brazil was very raw, very raw. Uh, but I realized that, that I wanted to be in that world. Um, and that's why a few years later, I joined Endeavor, an NGO that supports entrepreneurs globally. And through Endeavor, I met my founding partners, uh, my, my partners at Canary, uh, and then joined the, the team. VC was not necessarily something that I, I had planned. Um, it was, when I was in college, actually, I didn't even know what VC was. Uh, for me, what actually caught my attention in the industry um, when I was deciding to come was basically partnering with uh, people that I admired, that I shared values oh, with. Right. And uh, well, given the industry was so incipient, I was really excited and I'm still very excited. Uh, to build the industry in, in Latin America. So I saw a lot of opportunities and here I am. That's that's really a, a great story. And I would like to go deeper into also your evolution within Canary, uh, joining as an associate and now, of course, being a, a partner of, of Canary uh, already for, for a significant amount of time. Uh, but before... Uh, you and Canary both have a great reputation uh, around uh, founders, uh, especially you, you completely transformed the way pre-seed investment uh, is made or was made in Brazil at the time. And now it keeps being made uh, in, a, in a much better way. There is a, a time, some, someone said, there's a time before Canary and uh, after Canary in, in that regard. Um, but again, uh, if you could also present uh, Canary or your investment thesis, et cetera, et cetera, that would be great. Yes, of course. Well, there, there's a lot to be done uh, yet. So uh, it's an ongoing process of changing uh, the, the industry to, 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 to a better industry, but um, still a lot to go. 
Uh, Canary, right. talking about Canary, um, we uh, we lead uh, first rounds in Latin America. So Canary uh, was actually the first uh, firm to actually focus on early stage first investments in in Latin. And that was in 2017. Our first investment was uh, literally January 2017, and we've always positioned ourselves as the lead institutional, uh, the leader of institutional rounds in the region. Uh, we are agnostic in terms of industries or, or business models, and our focus is partnering with great teams that want to solve huge problems in Latin America, and that's pretty much our thesis. Um, we, we, in terms of like who are the, the founders that we uh, want to partner with, uh, we are we actually analyze like. 40 criteria on founding team uh, mm -hmm. and the major clusters uh, that I can say is right. uh, our operational background, meaning that, you know, what the, that person uh, has built already. Uh, ambition is a huge bucket for us. Uh, what is his or her vision for the future? And I think uh, the vision of the founder has to be compatible with our vision as a fund. Uh, another bucket is the ability to build uh, teams and, and sell dreams. That is super important when you're building <laughs> something from scratch, right? right. And uh, something that we call founder market fit. So is that team, uh, team's expertise and background right. uh, has the compatibility with what they want to build. So there's no silver bullet or fixed uh, playbook to decide uh, whether to partner with a team or not. It's always a combination of multiple factors, but that's uh, an overview. And uh, I've learned also on your podcast that you you like to be in touch with founders during the ideation process as early as possible and to help them through the process and to get to know each other. So maybe there is also a question out there for the ones who are uh, thinking about starting a company. Uh, when is the right time to reach out to you or or to your colleagues at Canary? Um, when do you think it's it's the right timing for that? Um. I think there's a question of, of timing and there's a question on how to reach us. So uh, I'll, I'll answer yeah. the first one. Uh, uh, Good point. First. That's true. <laughs> but uh, for us, it's uh, if you want to reach us, regard, regardless of your timing, um, e, e, someone has to introduce you to us. Uh, we actually right. receive like hundreds uh, of connections and messages per day. So uh, we cannot uh, necessarily be mm -hmm. super fast on answering all of them. Uh, so our LinkedIn, our email boxes are completely insane. <laughs> so uh, right. I do ask that if you want to reach out to, to Canary, please uh, find a way to, to be introduced to us. Uh, and uh, we have a, a wide network in, in, in Latin as a whole, our founders, invested founders through our actually LPs or network. So uh, find someone that can uh, vouch you for us. So that will make this introduction much easier. Um, and the timing question, Mike, um, yes, uh, actually we love to, to meet people even before they have an idea. So Canary is a people-driven uh, uh, business. We invest in mm -hmm. people and those people will hire more people to build businesses, right? So it's not about the idea right. or the, the business itself. We know that all of that can change the day after we decide to invest, but it's all about right. the people. So we have to have conviction that we want to partner with that team. And obviously the team wants to partner with us uh, throughout the, the next 
decade or so. So we're looking at long-term relationship. So the right timing is um, if you're thinking about maybe starting a business at some point, uh, I would love to meet you. Um, so please uh, uh, get an introduction uh, from someone in our network uh, and then uh, we'll have a conversation and see how uh, slash if Canary can help you throughout this discovery slash ideation process. Uh, we do have some ways to help in a structured uh, way to be to make your process more assertive. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, it's always the right time for the person, not necessarily for Canary. It's a life decision, right, Mike? Not necessarily a career Good one. Point. So, yeah. But I love we love that to, expression, life yeah. decision. Yeah, really. it is, right? But <laughs> it we is. do love to nurture Definitely. and build relationships throughout this process. Maybe we can help. And, and I assume that uh, sometimes it happens that um, people figure out during the process that maybe the timing is not right for them, not because of the idea, as you said, or the business or the vertical that they were working on, but because they are not ready yet. And, mm -hmm. and maybe it's it's better to do something else and then come back again uh, when the timing is, is right. Did it happen to you already uh, sometime? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, timing is something that, Uh, we can't control, right? None of us can. So uh, for us, even if we, we meet someone that, well, is not fundraising or is not ready to fundraise yet right. or don't have a business yet, we want to, again, learn about this person, meet this person, see if, okay. if we can help with anything. And then when is the right time for, for both parties, we will get in, in touch again and uh see how we go, like see the next steps uh, in a very organic way. That's nice. I, I really like that approach of relationship building and, and really supporting. I think that's also a differentiation of, of Canary um, towards other experiences that founders have with other funds, especially very early stage. So it's good to know that, of course, uh, we know that everyone is super busy, founders, investors, etc. Um, and of course, it, it's good to have this network on the portfolio to get a warm intro. But then after that filter, uh, that we are able to have a, a relationship to get to know each other and and and, and see if there if there is a fit to, as you said, there is something really important that sometimes, especially for first time founders, it it is not easy to understand, which is the fit between the startup thesis and the investment thesis, yeah. right? So it doesn't mean that the business is not good, but it doesn't fit, for instance, even the VC industry or the thesis of the funds that we are speaking with. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a great, uh, like first homework for, for founders to do, uh, is understanding what is the right profile for, uh, for investors considering his or her, uh, business model, uh, or, or thesis or, uh, yeah. you know, project, but, uh, yeah, we, we, again, Mike, I think, uh, that's part of building yeah. the, the, the VC industry as well. We have to reduce the asymmetry of information. And that means sometimes just uh, talk about our thesis and how the fund works to founders yeah. to guarantee that they have the information that is not necessarily super explicit. Uh, you know, there's not necessarily out there for founders to learn. So uh, it can become easier for you to, to guarantee that you're talking to the right investor for you. 
And uh, I can assure you that if you are listening and thinking who can give you a, an introduction or founders are super happy to, to help in that regard, we we had uh, several founders from, from Canary on the show yeah. already, uh, namely Isadora from, from uh, Nilo, uh, Bruno from GoGoods, Tiago from uh, Vidya, and of course I'm I'm forgetting uh, Stay from Oya Care uh, and, and you more like and more. healthcare. <laughs> yes, and I, I love health tech and uh, healthcare. Given my 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 personal experience last year with with an autoimmune condition, I'm a little bit obsessed to learn more about uh, <laughs> about health tech. Yeah, and you have a great um, portfolio also in 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 that specific uh, industry. Well, I'm biased, but I do think so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I've also read some of your LinkedIn posts, especially uh, close to the pandemic or during the pandemic, where you also, for for obvious reasons, gave a lot of uh, attention to to that specific vertical. And uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, great people to to speak with. Um, is there any any companies that would like to highlight or successful stories that you'd like to highlight from your from your funds and maybe some lessons learned that we can collect and we can share with other founders that are listening to us? We only have one hour, right? <laughs> uh, well, I, I could spend hours just sharing portfolio companies' stories, um, uh, but maybe there's there's one that um, um, that I can share. Um, the one that, the one that I'm very very proud of um, yep. is not a healthcare company necessarily, uh, but uh, it's called sure. Guppy. Guppy is a, a HR yep. tech. Uh, that started as a, a, a ATS or applicant tracking uh, software, and it was born with the purpose to help HRs to be much more efficient uh, and giving candidates a better experience on the other side. Um, uh, Guppy was founded by four people. Mariana is the, the CEO. And before she started Guppy, she was like an, an HR leadership at ABI InBev. Uh, which it has has been known in Brazil as a very good source of quality talent. Um, right. So when Canary invested in Guppy, that was 2017, was the first year of of, of our fund, of our fund one. They had like a few months of runway. They there there was a real risk of shutting the operation down, but we got in and and they kept going. Um, Guppy's, uh, it, well, they, they are an EGR solution that is becoming sexy now. It was never sexy mm -hmm. in, in Latin. Uh, and now, after many, many years in the market, uh, the founders are, are they, they are rock, star, rock stars, but they never had like the, they were never in the spotlight and they don't have the collection of stamps that you think would be necessary to start a company back in, in right. 2015 in Brazil when they started. Uh, wow. So, so they are underdogs uh, and, <laughs> and never had like an easy time fundraising. Never. So there were many, many times, many, very, very hard times actually uh, after our, our investment, uh, lots of downs uh, throughout the years. Uh, and they, and they not only overcame each one of those challenges, but they mastered it. That's why I really like this story. Uh, this year, like a couple of months ago, Guppy mm -hmm. has reached 1 million people higher through the platform. 
Like that's a huge milestone. Wow. It, it also acquired uh, its main competitor uh, here in Brazil. Oh, really? It has acquired another company too to embrace other parts of the recruiting process. So, and, and they're almost a monopoly in, in this space in Brazil. And that's a huge successful stories, uh, story for, for, for our portfolio. And one that we are very, very proud of. The founding team is amazing. Like all the credit has to go to them, to the founders and the whole Guppy team. But, uh, yeah, so, um, a lot, a lot of, we can see a lot of resilience, a lot of grit, uh, and amazing execution capabilities. So, um, that's basically how I think about the, the Guppy team and I'm very proud of them. Thanks for bringing that story and uh, the inspiration and uh, also sharing the ups and downs of the entrepreneurial journey. Oh, yeah. There is again, a, a great episode of the Canary cast with, with Mariana that I had uh, the chance to, <laughs> to listen. Uh, I really listened to, to the podcast. Not, I can not see just that. Being, Thank you so much. <laughs> not just being polite and saying, yes, I, I listened to almost it. Uh, even the, the last one uh, about um, nowadays we, we should hire based on, on time zones, not based on specific yeah. geographies and, and uh, the opportunity for American and Canadian companies to also leverage the Spanish speaking and, 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 and the Portuguese speaking or Brazilian um, ecosystems to hire new tech people. But that's that's definitely a, a great story for the ones who want to to know more. Also, Maria and I also uh, follow her on on LinkedIn, and I think that's also the kind of posts and um, and insights that she shares are uh, definitely amazing. So that good to know more uh, about the about her story, and and what what you see in those successful founding teams? Do you think it's kind of of course I would say. Uh, it's the complementarity between between the founders that they cover the main areas of expertise that are critical to build and scale a company. It's it's really the also being able to to be committed to the problem for a very long time. Um, so, what are some of of the of the of the patterns that you see on on founding teams that are able to succeed, and founding teams that um, of course learn a lot, but things don't go so well as all of us would desire yeah it's a great question uh, i would love to have the the right answer i just have uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe a, an interpretation of the you know the information the, that we already the have facts that you see. yeah yeah but um uh, ask me again in five years and i'll uh, maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have learned more but um yeah i think i think i can put in buckets, I think. Uh, I think resilience is one, as I just shared uh, Guppy's story. Uh, I don't think they would made it if the team was not resilient, was not, they didn't have like the grit to do it. They were, if they were not motivated to overcome those challenges, it's really hard. When the down comes, uh, it's really, really hard. You have to have some like strength uh, that is supernatural maybe to, to keep going. And uh, I think, when you have co-founders, that helps. Uh, you share, you know, right. the 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 worries and the the lack of strength sometimes with other people. So I think that yeah. helps. But I don't I don't see having co-founders necessarily as a, a deal breaker factor. Uh, I do see resilience and great uh, as one main pillar. The other one mm -hmm. is 
capability of literally execution, uh, execute, like building a team and right. manage people and, uh, you know, leadership and uh, be very good with, uh, you know, uh, going from strategy to tactical and operation when you have to do, to do that uh, and building an amazing team. I think that's uh, one amazing team, very motivated team. That's how you actually scale. And again, that helps when you have more than one co-founder because you, you can share the, the burden, but I don't see that as necessarily a deal breaker. Um, but I think execution capability, uh, resilience slash grit, is th those are two very, very important pillars. And one thing that I would add is learning ability to, to for the founders specifically. When you start a company, you, you have like right. a, a blank page and every time that you write something in that page, you have to learn but not necessarily in a linear way. You have to learn in an exponential way. So you have to be much, much better every month, every year that goes by. Uh, and that means not only uh, regarding, you know, how to operate and build a company, but also, and I think that's very important, how to fundraise. Um, you know, there's we live in a, in a context that capital is not necessarily given. So it's, it's a variable, right? And it's scarce. Uh, it has becoming like it has been becoming uh, less scarce, but still, uh, it's not necessarily everywhere, and you, you cannot you cannot see capital as something that is guaranteed. So, um, founder, I don't think founders can take fundraising for granted. Uh, the process is very important. It's not the end goal, of course. Mm -hmm. It's just a tool mm -hmm. to give you more time to to figure things out. But it is an important tool uh, when you're you're going towards the VC right. path, right? But um, yeah, I think those uh, those three main pillars are, are very important. I love it. The resilience, the execution, and the learning ability uh, pillars, the, the three pillars that you're talking about, uh, of yeah. the traits that you see in, in successful founding teams. Uh, and you also um, said that uh, a solo founder is not something that would be a, a deal breaker how how do you see solo founders? What is your position? There are some funds that said that they would not invest if there are not at least two uh, co-founders. Then even there are even some positions that we can go that uh, funds that also don't like to see too many co-founders uh, in the in the same founding team. But usually the conversation is more about uh, one or two. Uh, and what is your position and, and your thoughts on that? Also, given your experience with with several yeah. founders. Again, would love to have the right answer, but I have no clue <laughs> what is better. Like, I think it really depends on the people, right? On the person, like, yeah. um, uh, so I think it's better for you to be solo founder uh, instead of like just hiring a co-founder that you're probably going to have to divorce in a couple of years. Uh, so, right. I, I, right? Yeah. I, I think, I think having a partnership like as strong as co-founding a company is something really, really deep. Right? Is a marriage. It's like sometimes it's right. even more intense than a marriage. So for me, if you have the lucky to, to have a marriage that with someone that you respect, you admire, uh, you admire, and there is uh, there the, if the person is in the right timing that you are to, to start a business, because that's again 
timing something that we cannot control. Uh, I think that's okay. uh, that's a privilege, uh, of course. Uh, if we if we if you we're gonna measure everything, of course, it's best is better for you to share, uh, you know, the success and and the, the 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 losses sometimes too with someone that is an equal partner and you admire and you can rely on. Uh, otherwise, it, it, it's on you, and I, I think that can be a heavy burden to, to carry for some people. I don't think that's true mm-hmm. for everyone. So, if you have a possibility to have co-founders, again, that you admire, that you respect, that share the same values with you, they are looking uh, uh, to the future the same way that you are. Uh, I think that's great. And you, you cannot underestimate timing because that's really important. You have to be in the boat together. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it, it, won't, it won't last. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, the main thing. Uh, you mentioned like uh, it's a different set of skills. Um, yeah. Honestly, my opinion, that's my personal opinion, is that, that that is a nice to have, not necessarily a must-have when you think about Must co-founders. Have. I really think uh, the the first bucket of you know values, respect, admi- admiration, and uh, you know ha- ha- having the person as a, a partner, and uh, I think for the long term, I think that's much more important than oh, okay, technical skills or product skills or whatever, because those skills, uh, those hard skills, you can hire. Uh, you cannot hire right. someone to be your co-founder, right? So that's my my view of the. Of, of this topic, but if you yep. don't find someone and you really want to start a business and you're up to do that alone, alone, go for it. I mean, uh, you, you have obviously to, to be a strong founding team to, for you to be able to scale. Otherwise everything will be on you and you don't want that. But, uh, I think building a, a strong founding team, uh, can work too. It has worked for, for many of the companies that we invest in. And in in that sense, when you, you when you are talking about building a um, a great founding team as as a solo founder, it would be to have those early employees that maybe you can also give them some equity, uh, yeah. but of course a minority um, exactly. stake. Uh, and of course, at that time, you have also raised your your first round, and you are able to also have um, a compensation package uh, yeah. plus the the equity component that will make them feel a little bit more owners of that vision of that purpose and uh, of that startup to to walk with you uh, through the ups and downs of of the journey exactly yeah again you have to hire people that you that you trust uh and that are building the company with you uh not for you with you and um i think I think giving equity and uh, uh, SOPs and uh, a piece of the company is important in order to everyone be actually exactly. aligned. Uh, but seniority is important to think about too, and uh, the, the the ability of those uh, you know key hires to build their own teams and to manage and to 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 actually build the the strategy and the company with you too mm-hmm. as a founder. And also be careful with those first hires, right? So uh, don't don't be too desperate that you would take oh, yeah. anyone that would accept. Uh, really make sure that uh, that you have the the right people joining you, because again, 
uh, it is not a marriage as having a co-founder, but uh, anyway, it, it's still uh, an important position in, in the cap table. For sure. Uh, For right. sure. And, and you have to have like uh, legal tools to, to protect the company and, and yourself as yeah. a founder, like vesting and cliff. That's really, really important. Right. Good points to, to have here. Awesome. And um, of course, I, I don't like to talk too much about the the dark side, but it's it's part of it. And I, I would say we are in an outlier business. The, the VC industry is like that. So we yeah. know that we are fighting against the odds. The majority of the companies uh, will not be able to become unicorns or to scale uh, to or to transform industries and, and solve uh, problems for, for a lot of people and, and improve society. But still, there are a lot of lessons learned for, for the ones um, who, who would like to really transform and, and make uh, the future difference. So what is, of course, I, I will not ask you for names because I, I know it's, it's not, um, it, it doesn't make any sense, but it's, it's much more collecting again in terms of the patterns. What are some of the lessons learned from those companies who didn't go so well, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I think it's part of the game, right? To to hit some walls and sometimes don't come back from it. Um, I, I think if we think about uh, the pre-seed slash seed to the Series A, which is basically the the first print of Canary invested wow. companies, I would say from that zero to one. from zero to one, exactly, or sometimes a little before one, from zero to <laughs> point nine, something like that. Um, but I, I think I've Great investors here. as well, the 0.9 capital guys in, <laughs> in Europe. Uh. <laughs> cool, yeah. Uh, so I think I think I've mentioned here, uh, but uh, most of companies that don't don't make it, uh, and I'm not saying Series A is a milestone for the company itself. I'm just uh, using that as a timing, uh, you know, uh, let's say visibility to to better to make the visibility better for this example. Yeah. So companies that, that we've uh, canary invested in that don't make it to series A, they're usually because of the lack of capability to fundraise or to understand the game of fundraising or, uh, you know, to be able to, to actually play this game. Uh, and I say that because raising the, those first rounds uh, are not necessarily uh, uh, correlated uh, in a straightforward way to traction or product market fit. Many, many times uh, founders that do understand the game and uh, do play it well uh, can raise Series A rounds, uh, sometimes even Series B rounds, without having a lapidated product market fit or a lapidated, like a, a very good outstanding traction. So, um, and I think fundraising, again, capital is a tool to give you more time to figure things out, especially in this beginning. If you don't have the, the right, uh, if you don't know how to use those tools and how to play the game to catch those tools, uh, I think you can hit a wall when there's nothing you can do because you won't have time to figure things out. Uh, the time will basically, you run out of time and run out of cash. So right. you basically die without having a product market fit or a solution that is validated or so on and so forth. So I do think that uh, if you choose to go towards the VC path, 
at some point your money mm -hmm. is going to run. You're going to run out of money. You will need some more money to keep going and to validate and to build a solution uh, and a product and so on and so forth. So you have to play the game. Uh, we at Canary, we really help founders uh, on that on that end. So we have a, a, a much higher average of companies converting from C to Series A than the, the market. And in fund one, for you to have a, a, a clear view, mm -hmm. Mike, 60% of the companies that we invest in actually raised the, the next subsequent round after Canary. Amazing. And uh, we had modeled the fund before uh, to for that conversion to be 45 to 50%. So it's much higher than the, uh, what we did actually is much higher than what we, we was thinking uh, at the beginning of the fund. And the what average the of uh, right. uh, the target, not, not necessarily the target, but just the model. And uh, the average no. of the, the market is much, much lower. It's like closer to 25%. So um, we do help in a hands-on way founders in that sense and we believe we're successful on that but again the founder has to to own this and to lead this game uh, that's really important and again that's uh that that the, the my 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 phrase here is only valid if you actually want to go towards the vc path there are plenty of other ways for you to raise capital or for you to guarantee that you have time and cash to to build a company vc is only one of the the potential paths and again in in a certain way not not only but also related with uh, a life decision uh, in yeah. in a certain way right so for sure maybe it's in some cases it's also possible to go through the bootstrapping uh, path or even to to build an interesting business that doesn't have the growth potential in such a short period of time but maybe you can sustain it for 10 or 20 years and even uh, get a, a good exit for um, uh, being a major uh, having a majority shareholder position on on that company so that's yeah. that's a different world and a different uh, mindset and it's kind of more of of bill gates i prefer to have less <laughs> that's something that is yeah. big than have a lot of something that is uh, small but still yeah. Sometimes no the numbers right work no for the small. Exactly. <laughs> I really enjoyed also the the thought provoking uh, notes on on solo founders and founding teams. Very refreshing for the typical advice of have a technical co-founder and the business co-founder. And if you don't have those two, uh, don't knock on our door because uh, we don't believe in in those kind of founding teams. So I I really like the the approach. And, um, and maybe you, you talk about that and, and that's true. We, it's sometimes it's difficult to benchmark a series A of one company to, to another. The metrics are quite different. And sometimes uh, it even happened to me, I assumed that th those kind of companies would have a certain kind of metrics. And then when I start talking to the founders and going a little bit deeper, of course, in confidence and, and making it confidential, I understand that some of them didn't even get into product market fit that we believe kind of kind of a prerequisite to raise a, a Series A. Um, and you, you talk about the importance of being comfortable that uh, we need to be raising uh, every 18 months and we need to keep relationships with funds and also being a step ahead of the curve. Um, uh, and and. Sometimes even thinking that what 
we need to to think about the long, the mid, and and the short term. So what we need to achieve in order to have the the metrics that we need to raise the next round, but start working for the round after. So how do we get from one million to five million dollars, or five million to ten million dollars? If we are not working already at this stage, in the next stage, it, it might be super difficult to get there during the twelve or eighteen months of of that stage of the company. Of course, this this is also the ideal playbook because at the end of the day, uh, every company has their growth plateaus and their ups and downs and doesn't work uh, as we would love to to have in the playbook uh, but but anyway that's a good reference to understand what to do uh, and what not to do so if you need to summarize a little bit some of the those lessons in terms of uh, pre-seed fundraising uh, what would you say in terms of do's and don'ts uh, of, of fundraising um it's a good question um and with pre-seed, I mean, uh, it's all about the team mostly, right? Um, because um, there's no business yet. So it's hard for us to give you uh, uh, some light on numbers or traction or, you know, value exactly. proposition, validations and so, so forth. I think for us, uh, if we're not uh, fully convicted uh, that we want to partner with that team specifically, we'll, we will ask for more validations of the business. That means, okay, let's wait and see if the, the team is actually executing and how is the execution going and if the, the business uh, itself are, is going towards a, a direction that we uh, we want to partner with. We want to be in their journeys. So um, it, it's really not one factor that, that counts. It's a lot of factors. Sometimes really like the, we really like the team. Uh, but we are not so comfortable with the business itself, like with the market and uh, the potential, uh, let's say, optionalities of that business, of the problem, of the market. So, again, we'll wait and see, okay, let's see more validations to see which direction the business will go. Um, and then we see if uh, we are comfortable with the market as well. Uh, I think for us, it's really important to, again, uh, team is 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 the first layer of analysis always right. but the second one is uh is that market big enough that will embrace a, a company that is big enough to pay uh the returns of our fund in the the length of period that we need to like we have 10 right. 12 years of, of the of you know life of the fund so in 10 yeah. 12 years depending on where uh when we invest uh Will that company be like worth uh, billions of dollars in order to nice. to pay the hundred million dollar fund that we have today? So we have to basically understand that that, that outcome is a, a true possibility with all the risks involved. Of course, everything is risky in that industry, but uh, we have to see that okay, that can be possible. Um, and if we don't see that. The, this possibility, and right. again, it's 99% of the times, mm -hmm. uh, 99 point, uh, maybe 3% of the times. Uh, if we don't see that possibility, we uh, we won't back the company because it doesn't make any sense for our business model, for Canary's investment model. So um, right. 
there are those two. And sometimes we like the team so much that we don't really care about the market size. But those teams that we like so much that we don't care about market size are teams that usually have found, founded, yeah, founded mm -hmm. many companies are with us like for many years. We have invested in them before. Sometimes uh, we mm -hmm. know them very well, so we're very convicted. They can, they could like start a right. maybe a retail store that we would back. But uh, <laughs> those are very very special ones and a few ones. So usually we we have to we have this this let's say wait in uh is this business going to be big enough right and something that is important to understand we we talk a lot about uh focus um but it's it's definitely to understand that you need to have a big time but you don't need to go for the big time from day one so you can start with a niche of of that uh time to start with and with a specific segment Sometimes I would say that even the pre-seed stage is really about uh, playing with what are the segments of that time where we can have uh, the better stickness uh, to acquire in the, the best way before starting expanding into other segments mm -hmm. and opportunities of, of that time. And, and the good thing as well, if if we have a good, a good uh, big time, is the potential to pivot um, yeah. and to test. If, if it is too niche, it would be almost uh, impossible to pivot and uh, and the decision is or we need to completely change the vertical or the the idea which makes things even more difficult for yeah. for the founding team and for for the founders completely yeah and there's uh, there's also a part that is more subjective but since uh we have talked to like thousands and thousands of teams. So we have gained, mm -hmm. gathered some path of recognition on team analysis. And we understand when the person uh, really uh, has a vision that is compatible with ours. Uh, and we can see when the person right. just is just saying that um, and uh, it really doesn't mean that. So for us, even if uh, the, the, the first sprint is a niche uh, for a sprint is, you know, a small, mo smaller than when we know the person mm -hmm. and when we understand that his or her um, uh, or, or hers ambition will, will be compatible with us, with ours uh, in the long run, we're going for the long run. It's not for the first sprint. It's never for the first sprint. So we, we do want to understand uh, the, the vision, uh, how the person thinks, how the person, what the person wants to uh, live in the world, uh, what is his or her motivation, great, and so on and so forth. So it's not it's not a black and white kind of analysis. And of course, we can be wrong many times. And I, um, I mean, that's part of our game too. So uh, it's not necessarily our decision that will uh, make it or break it for the company, um, right? Like really not, but, uh, mm. and we can be wrong. We are wrong. We will be wrong. So that's something that is, it's part of the game too. And we have a lot of people that uh, on the, that listen to the show that would also like to, at a certain point, to follow a, an investment career, or I would say that any startup founder at the same time would like to become a, an angel investor or to to be a, a venture partner in a fund or, or something, but. Um, Kind of based on your, your experience of um, becoming more and more relevant uh, within Canary and and, uh, and uh, becoming a partner of of Canary, 
So what advice would you give to other people that are considering to, to joining a firm as an associate and, uh, and, and becoming more and more important in, in that firm? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I don't think there's right or wrong here or a playbook. Yeah. Uh, if you want to join VC, VC is, uh, is like a huge world considering that you have seed funds, pre-seed funds, like very early stage funds, like an area, and you have like uh, growth funds, uh, almost like a PE fund that is so different. Uh, so you have to understand where you want to play uh, in this VC okay. track because uh, the expertise uh, the, uh, is, is different in each stage. The your, your role, operational role, like your executive role will be different. So uh, that's the first uh, homework uh, if you want to join VC, and once you 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 chose like you choose the the the, the stage that wanna you want to partner uh, with or uh, you know have an experience with, uh, you have to basically understand how the game is played. Uh, you have to understand what are the firms that are uh, you know the ones that you wanna you you would like to join uh, and. Start talking to people and basically creating your own network. You see, uh, is still a closed industry. Like in terms of people are, uh, it, it's a bubble. Uh, wanting that or not, um, specifically in Latin America, I think the U.S. is uh, much more evolved. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a bubble, so people know each other, and uh, there's not a lot of uh, op job openings that are posted let's say like that. So you have to know people to, to see if you, your feet uh, in that firm and to actually hear about uh, openings. Uh, otherwise it's hard for you to understand that is to learn and have visibility. There's an opening there. So, it, and once you're in, uh, you have to be, depending on uh, the stage that you are, you have to be on your A plus game. Um, right. And uh, the A plus game is different um, in C, there are series Bs and Cs and growth. And I would say that again, the, your free traits that help founding teams to, to succeed or to be closer to succeed might apply also for uh, for people that would like to to join uh, the investment career. That's also true. this learning ability, right? And the resilience because it, it can also be quite draining in terms of the um, of of the emotional uh, roller coaster that is to be in touch with founders. So uh, yeah, that's and I true. I know that <laughs> as, as an advisor as, uh, as well that sometimes we feel uh, the emotions of of the people that we have in front of us, uh, and of course in my case also building my own vehicle and, and your case that you are a partner as well. Uh, yeah, it, it's we are also building a business uh, in in a certain way. So and we can empathize with with other sides uh, of the table and. And it's by the way, it's difficult to 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 have separate emotions, to not be contagiated by those emotions, because in a certain way we can also help more when we can be a little bit more impartial. But but it's not easy. It's I'm still learning how to do that uh, and how to not be contagiated after that tough call uh, with with a founder in a in a down uh, or in a low moment. So let's yeah. go into the final um, quick question and answer format where I ask you a, a quick self-reflective question and also uh, around resources. And uh, 
and our guests give us um, a quick um, answer. So if you'd have the opportunity to meet Isabel at the beginning uh, of your journey at Canary, what advice would you offer to your younger self? Mm. Um, maybe uh, go out there sooner, like uh, go chase opportunities since day, day zero. Love it. And what are you the most proud of on your journey so far? It's uh, a good question. Maybe, um, maybe I've been the the first woman to to make to make it to a VC partnership in Brazil, and uh, to have helped enabling dozens of women uh, to start their own businesses. Good topic that we should have approached, but next time when you join the second time yeah. the, the show. Uh, third one is um, worst advice ever received. The worst one? Um, yeah. Maybe that uh, you should, you need to start a company in order to be respected as an investor. Yeah. Again, another one that we could follow up <laughs> a lot on that. We should again, have started with, yeah. with, the, <laughs> with the three questions first <laughs> and then we'll feed our conversation. <laughs> and, and now the, the resources and your favorite book, uh, Business on Non-Business, what would you My recommend? My favorite book? Oh, not, I'm not going on business side here, no. Um, Right now, I'm actually obsessed with uh, the autobiography of Rita Lee, a Brazilian singer and composer. She's a symbol of women empowerment, and her book is amazing. Well, it's in Portuguese, too. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I love it. was Alex, our podcast producer, who really challenged me to ask these questions at the end of the show. And I was a little bit, should we do this or not? And I'm being... <laughs> Every single episode, I'm being surprised with uh, the recommendations and we cool. learned so much. So favorite um, movie or series? Um, As you wish. Tons, tons of movies, but uh, I'll go with uh, uh, a show that I love and I won't lie. Uh, Friends. Friends is my, is my favorite show. Wow. <laughs> and finally, your favorite uh, podcast. As a podcaster, I'm very curious. Uh, to see what can you I say, select. Canary Cast or <laughs> of of course, but um, beyond Canary Cast, yeah, I really like Acquired. Um, I really like it. Yeah, I need to check that one because it, it's already it was already been mentioned uh, from from previous guests, and definitely oh, I need yeah. to, to okay. go there. It's a famous one, yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, Isabel, would you like to share any final message, any notes, something that I should have asked that I didn't ask before we wrap up? Um, well, um, I think I just want to reinforce that uh, at Canary, we, we want to partner with uh, founders that are building or plan to build uh, businesses in, in Latin America. Uh, so we're not necessarily uh, only looking at Brazil, we're looking at the whole region. So we've invested in nine countries so far in the region, um, both uh, Brazil and Spanish speaking countries. So we're very proud of that. Um, and um, 
there's no too early for us. So if you're thinking about starting a business and uh, if you have a way into uh, into us, into someone at Canary, please feel free to reach out and to to ask for the intro. Uh, we would love to to meet the new, the next generation of uh, founders in in Latin. So uh, yeah, that's basically it. Awesome, Isabel. Thanks so much for making the time. It was really a pleasure to host you on the podcast after listening so many hours of uh, Canary Cast. Uh, I'm super, super happy to have you on the show and congrats on the amazing career. And uh, you need to come back also to inspire other women that want to, to make a career in the VC ecosystem and in the tech uh, ecosystem. Thank you so much, Thanks again. Mike. Thanks again for the invitation and for being a great listener to, to the Canary Cast. It was a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Likewise, and to our community, as you see, we keep bringing you the best founders and investors to make your life a little bit easier. Uh, being it from zero to one, one to 10, or 10 to 100, we are here with you to make your life a little bit easier. See you soon and keep scaling. <laughs>